Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. We have a few doozies for everybody. But something that we also wanted to talk about last week that we didn't was the World Cup and how I literally made us reschedule our entire work day in order to watch the Argentina semifinal last week. And they won yesterday, which was so exciting. Did you watch Samantha? No. <laughs> Sam. But I did think of you. I was I was like, well, that girl is up early because you had what a six AM wake up or something like that? Or when did it start for so- you? So the oh, game was at 7 a.m. But I, yeah, and I was out late on Saturday, went to bed at like 2, and I woke up at 6.15 <laughs> to go. And I woke up like not feeling good, obviously. And I was like, I am such a little wimp. Like I was trying to make sure I got all of my friends last night to commit to going to watch the game somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like I'm just going to watch from my couch like I can't and then like I weirdly also couldn't fall back asleep and then two of my friends were were answering and I was like okay I can't go back to sleep I got this weird surge of energy and like woke up and I was like okay let's go so I picked him up went to a bar at 7 a.m kind of kept the drinking going from the night before which was just really aggressive but it paid off and I said I would take bullets for Messi and I really did yesterday morning given how I was feeling that is a wild ride. Honestly, like I'm impressed on the four hour sleep train mixed yeah. with also. But I feel like that is one of those things where it's a little bit not even like hair of the dog. Like it's in that category for sure. No, totally. But that thing where you're like you're already in it. And the second you know, you know what it is actually, it's the waking up for those things is still hard to continue mm-hmm. it. But once you're in the bar setting, mm-hmm. it's like, OK, we're here. here. We're doing it. We're Unless doing you're like it. literally death level hungover. I feel like there just is that like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, somehow it locks you into getting back up to speed. But like the only thing that really helps when you in, you're in that death level is like more alcohol. <laughs> so it's kind of like my I wasn't like that damaged, but my friend who I was with was. And I think like the beers and the drinking that he did saved his life. Oh. Otherwise, I don't think he would have made it. Wow. But heroes I, went, capes. I went to bed at 7 p.m. last night. Woke up at Love 8 a.m. So we got a nice 13 hours, which was mm. just delightful. Wow. But we made it and got the W and I'm very excited about it. But what like happens to World Cup people? Like, do they get like a parade? <laughs> do they get a trophy? Trophy. There's definitely going to be a parade. Just a bit very big deal because Messi, who is on Argentina, is like the best player in the world of all time but like you know who Ronaldo is 
Yeah. Bad so like he's surgery. also it's always been like yeah and it's always been like Ronaldo versus Messi who's better blah yeah. blah blah but Ronaldo's like just like you said like he literally looks like fake he's he is such a showboat type player like he's just annoying but Messi is just like humble and just you just can't help but just love him and he's so good and he just thinks he pulls off you're like wow just it's a it's a gift to watch this man play and just like his country like lives and dies for him and he's never won the world cup before and it was like the last thing he like really wanted to cement his career as like the greatest of all time and he did it and it was just it was history samantha history you know it's the funniest part of our podcasting and social media career what (laughs) if you because we're on camera quote unquote like all the time you get to see reactions to things of yourself that you like don't normally see in a conversation and I get to now in in that moment see what it looks like when I'm chatting with a guy and they're telling me about their football team what my (laughs) facial expressions are you're like trying so hard to like be interested like "Uh uh-huh wow that's great (laughs) you don't actually ever that's yeah that was Samantha just now with me explaining like, I care because you this. care, but like, it's that's, see, that's you know, the same know. category. <laughs> I, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, let's get into these stories for you. We have a little spending update and the January 6th update. So we'll just get right into it because the last big policy fight of the 117th Congress. Okay, clearly I'm not fully recovered yet, which is the passage of the fiscal year 2023 omnibus funding bill is likely to start unfolding this afternoon, aka Monday. And the deadline for passing it before Christmas is tight. So House and Senate appropriations toiled through the weekend to complete the roughly $1.7 trillion package. We don't know the exact amount the legislation cost because so far party leaders refuse to disclose it. But we'll find out today, aka Monday. So bye time you guys are listening hopefully we have an idea of that but timing and votes are the big question here so government funding runs out at midnight on friday and oh my god it's so cinderella i was literally just thinking the same thing wait so oh my god what if mitch mcconnell turned into a pumpkin and mccarthy would have ever no that's the that's the vibe if they don't figure out deals by midnight like midnight cutoff moments that means they all have to show up in pumpkin suits Okay, I'm into it. And then that means that you have to put in your votes wearing the pumpkin suit. Mm-hmm. Call your reps. Tell them you want pumpkin suits. <laughs> yeah. And then Christmas is Sunday. So Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has publicly declared he won't stay in town past Thursday night. Assuming the package is released today, Monday, as expected, the Senate can move quickly to get on the bill. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer would then file cloture, setting up a procedural vote Wednesday or Thursday, and the hope is Wednesday. So once cloture is invoked, there is an additional 30 hours of post-cloture time. This schedule can be shortened by consent, but it will take all 100 senators to do so. And there will be enormous pressure to file a deal, especially once it's clear the measure has more than 60 votes. So after the Senate finishes, the House can take up the bill and pass it pretty quickly. Speaker Nancy Pelosi only has a two-vote margin right now, but there will be enough Republicans who will cross the aisle to vote with Democrats to ensure passage. As for the omnibus itself, Republicans have been pushing for a big boost in defense spending, and they refuse to go along with Democratic calls for 
quote, parity in increasing non-defense spending by a similar amount. So there are a host of policy writers and and related issues that appropriators had to resolve as well. Some of these were kicked up to the level of the, quote, big four party leaders, or in this case, the big three, since House Republicans refused to support this package. So new economic and military aid to Ukraine is vitally important issue for Congress and Joe Biden. The White House has sought an additional $37 billion in Ukraine funding, which should last until the summer at current spending rates. And then sources close to the issue say that the request has been met. And another big issue is reforming the Electoral College to avoid a repeat of 2020 in the next presidential election. The Senate version of that proposal, led by Susan Collins of Maine and Joe Manchin of West Virginia, will be included Sources told Punchbowl. Also, to the point of the Electoral College Reform Act, our friend Ben Sheehan has actually been doing a ton of content around it. So if you're like, what is wrong? Go check it out. Go give this video some views. Share it with your friends, etc. And then call your reps. Call y'all reps and let them know they need to get that Electoral College Reform Act across the finish line. Because that's not something that's really going to happen in a Republican majority house. So... Yeah. Let's get her done. Get her oh done. So country. Get her done. Yeah, okay. No, not really. I'm going to just see myself out. I'll see myself to the next story. Please. Please. Bring us in. Hold on. Are you explain hit dictionary? Sometimes when I like... Copy and paste? What do you mean? Are you talking about when the dictionary app pops up? Yeah. Why does that happen? Okay, I think there's like a command when you like hold down the mouse and like it always happens when I'm trying to like highlight something and it's so annoying. So annoying. Like I just, like I know I can't spell, but that's not the moment I need it. You know, I know it's the universe just telling me to like boost my vocab, but I just, I don't have the time. Yeah. The energy. It just, we'll have to deal with that another day. But on this day, we are dealing with the House January 6th committee, which is wrapping up its investigation of the violent 2021 U.S. Capitol insurrection with lawmakers opening a final public meeting today, aka Monday, and are poised to make an extraordinary recommendation. This just happened. The Justice Department should consider criminal charges against former President Donald Trump. They approved its historic final report on the Capitol riot and criminal referrals for former President Donald Trump and others. As they kept one of the most exhaustive and aggressive congressional probes in memory, Panel seven Democrats and two Republicans recommended criminal charges against Trump and potentially against associates and staff who helped him launch a multifaceted pressure campaign to try to overturn his 2020 election laws. While criminal referrals mostly symbolic, the Justice Department ultimately deciding whether to prosecute Trump or others, it is a decisive end to a probe that had an almost singular focus from the start. I think the president has violated multiple criminal laws, and I think you have to be treated like any other American who breaks the law. And that is, you have to be prosecuted. Rep. Adam Schiff of California, a member of the panel, said Sunday on CNN's State of the Union. The panel, which will dissolve on January 3rd with the new Republican-led House, conducted more than a thousand interviews. Oh my God, more than us. We'll catch up. We'll get there. Guys, we're at over a hundred right now. So we're working towards a thousand. So keep sharing our episodes so we can get there. Thanks. Okay. Anyways, back to the story. They held 10 well-watched public hearings and collected more than a million documents since it launched in July 2021. As it gathered the massive trove, it's giving parts of the Caribbean. Anyways, as also, it... the idea of a million documents. Jesus. Jesus. The college version of myself is quaking. That's very fair. Regardless, as it has the committee gathered the massive trove of evidence, 
The members have become emboldened in clearing that Trump, a Republican, is to blame for the violent attack on the Capitol by his supporters almost two years ago. This is someone who, in multiple ways, tried to pressure state officials to find votes that didn't exist. This is someone who tried to interfere with the joint session, even inciting a mob to attack the Capitol, Schiff said. That's not criminal, then I don't know what is. <laughs> I do agree. I think there's some other things that I also think are criminal. And that is his his tanning choices. Yeah, that's really key. Um, and, his, and his hair. The ketchup incident, which I love to bring And the way the tan doesn't get applied to his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyways. Anyways. Members of the committee have said that referrals for other individuals may also include ethics violations, legal misconduct, and campaign finance violations. Lawmakers have suggested in particular that their recommended charges against Trump could include conspiracy to defraud the United States, obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress, and insurrection. The committee is also expected at the meeting to preview its massive final report, which will include findings, interview transcripts, and legislative recommendations. The report is expected to be released in full on Wednesday. Guys, that's some nice holiday reading for y'all. We obviously want to complete the story for the American people, said Representative Jamie Raskin of Maryland, another member of the committee. Everybody has come on a journey with us. Wow, is this a journey? That feels so like... Bachelor. My spiritual journey. Like, mm -hmm. I just, I went to Palm Springs for a few weeks and I meditated and it was a journey. That's what it's giving to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to this quote. We want a satisfactory conclusion such that people feel that Congress has done its job. A criminal referral in the charge of insurrection would be a, a clear effort to hold Trump directly accountable for the rioters who stormed the building. The rarely used insurrection statute criminalizes any effort to incite, engage, or assist a rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States. I just can't believe we're finally at this point. I know, same. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Truly. I, you know what I also, I think I realized this like after we did our little like DC debrief, but mm -hmm. Sam and I were just talking about, well, we talked about our capital tour and how and all we were just of being there. But like, we also talked a lot about just the fact that there was literally an insurrection there and like being there and thinking about it in that lens and like picturing it happening and like, it's just, it's like so crazy that that happened. And I think it's just so important to like never forget that because obviously I think sometimes we got, we got so like numb to craziness due to Trump that like, yeah, that's very fair. I just feel like the actual weight of this day, I don't know, has, hasn't fully been felt by, I feel like a lot of people Obviously, if you're in the political space and especially these representatives who have like fought tooth and nail to like keep this investigation going and make it a thing and make sure people don't forget about it. Like, but otherwise, I feel like. I don't know, at least from my peers and such, like just people are like, what, what, what was the significance of that again? You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think part of 
the issue with it was it took so long to come together. Mm-hmm. And I see why it needed to, because obviously you have to really do your due diligence. A thousand interviews takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many pieces to this puzzle. You have to do it right. You can't just rush it and then hope that you're going to get the right, not even the right result, but you're going to get a, a fair and just result from it. Even yeah. if it seems obvious on its face, like you have to go through the the hoops for a reason and through mm-hmm. all of those different motions. But I do think that this is one of those things in the very fast media world that we live in today, that it's totally. hard to keep a concentration on something that happened two years ago. Yeah. The thing that feels like a weird daydream. You know what I no, mean? No, totally. Like, but it's going to be something, if not one of the biggest things that's like defines our country's history and will like be in history books and we'll yeah. look back one day and be like, holy fuck, that happened. And what will also be historic is all of the Republicans who didn't do anything and not only didn't do anything, but like basically acted as if it wasn't a big deal and that, you know, there shouldn't be accountability, which is just fucking crazy. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be one of those things like our country looks back on with just like pure shock and shame. And we'll also look back on the group of people who didn't want to do anything about it. A thousand percent. I looking at I you, fucking Kevin McCarthy. Well, yeah, classic. <laughs> I mean, I think it will be an interesting POV even 20, 30, 40 years from now, seeing how people view this. But I do think overall, this was something even for me, I really had a hard time concentrating on it. And not for lack of importance or significance or anything else. But I think another element that made me a little bit numb to this is the fact that Trump gets away with everything. Mm -hmm, So that element of, okay, well, this is great and everything, but like he's going to get away with it. Accountability, yeah. Right. So I think, and sometimes it doesn't mean just because it's not justice in the way of charges doesn't mean it's not worth the bread and butter that goes into it. And that's not just with like this, this is anything. But I I do think that made it even harder to feel zoned in on this because it's yeah. like, well, I mean, it's not over technically. Not, oh, the Justice look, Department over, can sure. definitely still press charges and it's going to be interesting to see if they do. Merrick Garland, I feel like would be on board for such a thing. Again, it's just... It's such a defining moment for our country. And it's like, how can we not move I guess forward my question with accountability? Is, and I, I don't even know exactly who would be the person to ask this question to. But you know how everything has a positive and a negative, a risk and reward. And I'm curious from maybe it's even like a American security perspective. I'm not sure. But like, what are the ramifications on the negative level of charging Trump with stuff. Is base. Look, I'm gonna be happy. Political violence would definitely be one and his base and how fucking oh, crazy God, it is. Yeah. And like I if they do charge him and if he like his base is gonna go fucking crazy, you know? And you talk about a civil war and I don't think we'll see our country necessarily in a civil war to the extent of like the past but i think what we will definitely and could definitely see is political violence and kind of an uprising from his base upset that he's being held accountable for that just because they don't even believe it was an issue they were the ones who did it so right there's just gonna be more 
of it, maybe, potentially. Mad that his trading card sold out, so. Jesus Christ. I don't even want to talk about how appalling that artwork was. Well, also, he used stock images, which, like, violates copyright. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. so... So, yeah. Anyways, Anyways, I guess we get to get into this next story. <laughs> yeah. Next story is talking a little bit about this new Congress that's coming in on January 3rd and how that is going to shift Biden's strategy towards using his executive pen a little bit more potentially. So President Biden will likely be forced to ramp up administrative actions to advance his agenda next year when a divided Congress will offer him far fewer chances for legislative wins. So Biden has already issued a slew of executive orders throughout his time in the White House, notably his student loan forgiveness plan and outside groups want to see movement on more progressive issues such as climate, workers' rights and marijuana reform. Advocates say Biden needs to move forward in response to the better than expected midterm results for Democrats, and that now is the time to tackle items the president ran on in 2020 and make his case for 2024, with or without the help of the new GOP-controlled House. President Biden must ramp up and use the entirety of his executive power going into this new Congress to get things done for the young people who saved his midterm election for Democrats, said the campaign director for the Sunrise Movement, and the quote continues that, That means canceling even more student loan debt, declaring a climate emergency, using the Defense Production Act to expedite our transition to renewable energy, and a range of other far-reaching executive actions that would help the lives of people across the country. Democrats in this Congress passed a sweeping climate and tax bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a huge focus for the president. $750 billion was this law that Biden signed in August and is expected to bring U.S. planet warming emissions down to lower than they were in 2005 through provisions to promote the deployment of clean energy. But progressives have not quieted their calls for Biden to declare a national emergency on the climate. Several of the Democrats who are heading to Congress next year also made marijuana legislation a big part of their campaigns. Senator-elect John Fetterman from Pennsylvania has vowed to work to deschedule the drug and expunge records for those convicted of nonviolent marijuana offenses. And Representative-elect Maxwell Frost, Florida, wants to legalize recreational marijuana nationwide. So bills tackling marijuana reform would likely not get far in a GOP-controlled house. And while Biden could act by executive order to build on his moves from October when he granted pardons to those convicted on simple federal marijuana possession charges, much of marijuana law is currently relegated to the state level. And of course, Republicans are sure to oppose any major Biden executive actions. The president's student loan forgiveness plan, which was celebrated by progressives, has faced numerous legal challenges and pushback from Republicans. The president announced an executive order in August to give federal borrowers making less than $125,000 a year up to $10,000 in debt relief. But the program is on hold while its legal challenges play out. So the president could use executive orders to rack up talking points to run on in 2024, which he has indicated he tends to seek re-election and an official announcement is expected to come next month. So it'll be interesting to see how his strategy shifts now that the House is in Republican control. And, you know, when he decides to bring that pen out. Yeah. Thanks, Samantha. I did find something interesting while I ADD'd out, though. Did you know that the 
White House menorah. This year is the first White House menorah ever, apparently. This is like that TikTok sound where it's like Courtney Kardashian's like, do you know the best way to open a banana? <laughs> That's what just happened. <laughs> oh my God. Well, at least I wasn't scrolling on TikTok. Also, the story I just mentioned was on Katie Swart's story, so go check it out there. Anyways, speaking of not scrolling on TikTok, we have to talk about the TikTok ban situation. If you're not following us on TikTok, by the way, go follow us at HackGrownTheGov. And in case anything that we push through on this, you know, TikTok story or talk about this TikTok story happens, like any ban that might affect us, make sure you're following us on Instagram too, at GrownTheGov and at GrownTheGov, the podcast. Honestly, we post a lot more action items on those two accounts anyways. So it's, it's a good follow. And then also make sure you put the notifications on for our account so you are always up to speed on what's going on. What's happening, you know? Okay. Anyways, TikTok bans. Bans and restrictions on the popular social media app TikTok are spreading at the state and federal levels, with some lawmakers seeking to block TikTok in the U.S. The U.S. Senate this week approved legislation to ban the use of the video platform on government devices. Some state lawmakers have blocked TikTok on state devices, too. And officials in the Senate and House also introduced legislation to block TikTok from coast to coast. The wire lawmakers focused on the app that many Americans know as a place where teenagers learn viral dance challenges. Here's what you need to know. Also, before you even say that, that in and of itself, that phrasing, though, place where teenagers learn viral dance challenges shows how out of touch, like, mainstream media is with, like, what social media apps do in their audience. I could be scrolling on our feed for hours. I could be scrolling on my own. And I will not see it. one single dance video. No, so it's much not content. even a thing anymore. It's not it's a thing. Like that was not. what you qualified TikTok as when it first launched a few years ago. Totally. Sure. Viral dance videos. And I'm not saying they don't still exist, but that's not the majority of the app, at least in my experience. That's a tiny sliver these days. Yeah, I never see that. But yeah, and I, I totally agree. It like, goes to show, too, how it's become a major platform for like information consumption, you know, mobilizing people behind issues, spreading awareness for things like that is a huge piece of this too. And just also not only like important information, which is obviously hopefully what we're pushing out there content wise, but it's just also become such a like, I guess, pillar of like culture and lifestyle and wellness and fashion and everything. But nonetheless, why do officials care about TikTok? Critics of TikTok fear that the Chinese government could gain access to information through the app or use it to spread misinformation. That's because TikTok is owned by ByteDance, a Chinese company. For example, FBI Director Christopher Wray earlier this month said the Bureau was concerned with Chinese officials controlling the app's algorithm and argued that China could use the app to view data on users. I will just say, too, like, I don't disagree with this. But you every also, social platform is doing that. Right. But I think this is called then you need to create laws that yeah. regulate data sharing. Exactly. Like, it doesn't mean ban the app because you don't like that Democrats, especially and young people, use you the know app who's to also organize. Very much behind this anti TikTok movement is Meta. Oh, there's that. Well, anyways, Senator Mark Warner, who I have to say has a really fun social media team. He's the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee called TikTok an enormous threat in an interview earlier this year. But there has been debate over whether Chinese officials are actively collecting TikTok data or that China could actually get an advantage from information sourced from the app. I mean, I, I do think that they could. Like, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Like, think about, like, us 
sharing information about a particular issue in the U.S. and details and data behind that and then seeing the reaction via the video of different consumers. Like, I can see how I totally see it. But again, it goes back to the data sharing laws. Yeah, well, I am also curious. I, this is more of like a I don't know type statement, but like it's a Chinese company, meaning like it's a Chinese owned. It's, you know, headquartered there or whatever. But it's like how much involvement does a private company in China have to do with the government? They, they do. OK. Yeah. So like they are required to like share that information and have that available to the government. So there is a direct connection and direct like uh-huh. the concern is valid. It's because just, I was like, is that are they just like discriminating? That's a Chinese company where it's like if it was an American company, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Fair. Sure. Are all of the TikTok bans the same? No. Different lawmakers are asking for different actions targeting the social media app. Some of the moves go further than others. State lawmakers have mostly restricted TikTok from devices controlled or issued by a state government. Some of the states that have taken action include Alabama, Arkansas, Iowa, Georgia, Maryland, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Texas, Utah, and Virginia. The U.S. Armed Forces have also banned TikTok on devices from the military. At the federal level, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida introduced legislation to ban TikTok from operating in the U.S. Reps Mike Gallagher of Republican Wisconsin and Roger Christenworthy of Illinois sponsored companion legislation in the U.S. House. Also at the federal level, Josh Hawley introduced legislation to ban TikTok on government devices. That legislation was passed this week with unanimous consent, meaning no senators objected to the legislation. So how many people use TikTok? The app said last year that more than one billion people around the world use TikTok every month. The average American, according to the Washington Post, uses TikTok for 80 minutes a day. Approximately 67% of U.S. teenagers say they ever use TikTok, according to the Pew Research Center. That's a lot. Like, think about mm-hmm. like 80 minutes a day. I'm not saying I don't do that, but that is <laughs> actually like, like, like it's like kind of crazy to like think about. Like, it is taking so so much, not just brain space, but actual physical space within a day. Mm-hmm. That is a little crazy. That's with social media in general for me too, though it is kind of wild how addicted we all are. Has the US tried to ban TikTok before? Yes. Former President Donald Trump issued orders focused on Chinese tech companies. The orders tried to block new users from downloaded TikTok or WeChat Messenger app, but the orders failed in court. The Senate also passed a bill in 2020 to ban TikTok, but it never passed in the House. So what does TikTok say about the bans? TikTok got a statement to USA Today. This week called Rubio's proposed legislation politically motivated. TikTok is loved by millions of Americans who use the platform to learn, grow their businesses, and connect with creative content that brings them joy, said Brooke Oberwetter, TikTok spokeswoman. We'll continue to brief members of Congress on the plans that have been developed under the oversight of our country's top national security agencies, plans that are well underway in implementing to further secure a platform in the United States. What's next for TikTok in the U.S.? President Joe Biden has ordered the Commerce Department to review security concerns to his officials and the company has I've been in talks with a potential agreement to resolve security concerns for people living in America. I have so many thoughts. I do honestly get the government device thing. Um, totally. I totally get that. I totally get that. I don't understand why it should ever be banned for private citizens using it, especially given that other social platforms have also been notorious for spreading misinformation from foreign governments why aren't we also looking at other platforms meta now whatever's gonna happen with twitter it's like 
you know, there's, it, I'm just kind of like frustrated that it's just the TikTok. Again, the government devices thing that's happening and that's been really the main news is like, I honestly do understand and get that and am for it. But any talks of like banning for private citizens just doesn't make sense to me. And it, it also just makes me think it's helped mobilize people to go vote, groups of people who usually aren't reached by political entities, young people, people of color, and just people in marginalized communities being able to use that platform to get information that they otherwise wouldn't or, you know, have been kind of left behind before without. So it just makes me think like what the real motives are for if there is a motive or drive to ban potentially for private citizens moving forward, that would. I mean, look, I see it from both ends because I do see how private citizen data being put out onto this app from facial recognition to habits to everything could then be fed back to the wrong parties, including the, I don't know, the U.S. government and used against private citizens. Like, I really genuinely see how that can be done. And I see the concern in it. I see the concern and information that Chinese government might not be able to normally avail itself to having access to through the app and through manipulating people. I totally do see it. But I think your point very much stands of the fact that this isn't just a TikTok problem. This is an Instagram problem, a Facebook problem, a Twitter problem. And it should be dealt with across the board. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be data usage laws at all of these junctures. For sure. This needs to be absolutely regulated. I think people have been saying that for years that like internet companies, social media companies, we need regulation here because it is a wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. And it ain't right. I love social media, obviously, but it does need some sort Reforms of access and here. regulation. Yeah, totally. For sure. And so I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree that yeah, the fact that I don't know young people go after use TikTok all the time and have used it to mobilize. I mean, I feel the same way about Twitter though, and it being purchased by Elon. Like that ain't it either. Like yeah, you have an a social media app that has been used for the last however many years especially for marginalized communities and people in different areas, specifically like war zones, able to organize and mobilize yeah. in amazing ways that never have been possible previously. And mm-hmm. now you're having those pieces shut down, limited or attacked from yeah. inside of the app, you know, the, the call no, from totally. inside the house situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we have a lot, a lot of issues to contend with. And yeah. they're social all intertangled across the social media apps. Social media influence on elections is just like has been a reoccurring theme. And I think the current one is around TikTok, but the one in 2016 was around Facebook. And that was the like literal rise of Donald Trump and misinformation and fake news. And, you know, that whole 2016 Trump era was bred through Facebook. But it'll be interesting to see where this all goes. But guess what? We're going to keep you updated, folks. Well, those are the top stories of the week. Tune in tomorrow for our interview episode. Samantha, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah. So we got to have our friend Eric on. You're also the communications director for Congressman Garamendi. So if you guys are California people, you might have heard this name before because he is a congressman in, like I said, California. But we talked with Eric all about communications, working on the Hill. Like, what does a communications director do? 
for a congressperson? What does it look like to do that job at the federal level? What are some of the communications, yeses, noes, and maybes that you should know in terms of that role? It's a really good episode just because obviously you have a lot of fun. But if you are thinking about a communications times political career and you have lots of questions on honestly like the day-to-day and what you need to know and how things operate, it is a great one to tune into. And then also just we love a behind-the-scenes moment. So even if like you're like, I have no interest in ever doing any communications jobs in my life, this will give you a lot of behind the scenes as to what happens on the Hill, which oh, we love to see. We love to know. Lots you know, we tea. love the tea. Communications is near everything in politics. And so we get to dive into that with Eric. So tune in tomorrow. And that's it for today. Toodaloo. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.